there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that you would be edified and Christ would be glorified. For more information about us, I'd please encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase. There you can find out a statement of faith, what we really believe. You can listen to podcasts, past podcasts. You can submit a Bible question. There is a prayer request page there. I certainly hope that if you're a prayer warrior that you would honestly take the time to go look at that page. It is the number one part of our webpage that people go to. Uh, I appreciate that. People from all around the world have taken time out of their day to request prayers. We pray constantly here for the persecuted church. For all of those who are listeners each and every week that you'll continue to listen that God is using this in a correct manner. The truth is always being taught. Today we're going to talk about an article that was released not too long ago. It's from the Christian Post and the headline reads, 70% of born-again Christians say other religions can lead to heaven. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I found this to be an interesting article. I have set up a link on our Facebook page and MeWe.com page. If you would like to read the article for yourself, that would be, uh, I think, appropriate to do that. I'd encourage you, if you have a Bible, to please open it up and follow along as we go through this podcast. Perhaps the headline should read, 30% only believe that Jesus is the only way. You know, Jesus taught many things that go against our society today. Of course that was true even in the time of his day. Things like turning the other cheek or treating your enemies in a good way, uh, putting others first, uh, those are very much against anything in our society that we want to believe or teach. And You can see the selfishness, you, you can see uh, how people treat one another. We are so divided even among other professing Christians, I guess, for the lack of better terms, the denominational scene, uh, non-believers, political parties, the list goes on and on. And we really are not treating each other really well. Turning like the other cheek, when I was a a child growing up, a lot of people just kind of turned the cheek and, and said, well, that guy has a right to believe and say what he wants, but... And now, you know, you get your house burned down, the buildings are torn up, people, the violence in the cities, the gangs, it's it just really, really disgusting, really. In our society, and, and really, I say our society, but across the globe, the most controversial statements uh, Jesus probably would ever make, he made quite a few, but perhaps this one is the number one. And it is found in John 14, verse 6. And I would encourage you to open a Bible, follow along, and read what I am reading. If you do not have a Bible and have access to the Internet, you can download it for free. Uh, You can read them for free and listen to them for free. I know in the United States you can still legally buy Bibles. And a basic Bible really does not cost a whole lot of money. John 14, verse 6 says this. I am, one of the I am statements of John, I am the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 
You know, we don't really like things about absolute truth either. Uh, we, we want to have our own truth. We really, as a society, we want to be our own God. We think we can hoe our own path, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. Uh, we certainly don't need God telling us anything. We want him to be able uh, to be there breaking glass in case of an emergency, that type of thing. We, again, we really don't like absolute truths. The answer to the question in the, in, the, in the article, is Jesus the only way to God? This is a difficult thing for people to swallow and acknowledge that Jesus himself is God. He claimed to be God. The seven I am statements in the Gospel of John make that really clear that he made that claim. The Jewish leadership uh, despised him because he made himself out to be God or equal to God. And that was a serious problem. So many different uh, religions in the world say, well, he was a good teacher, he was a good person, uh, he was a prophet, uh, and the list kind of goes on and on. And the fact is, he made the claim to be God. He claimed that he had the power to forgive sins, and he proved that he could do those things through miracles. We had to ask ourselves, too, why is this statement in John 14, 6 uh, so controversial even in our age? And perhaps one reason is it really goes at the core of, of the myth about religion. We're, we're going to try to look quickly in our podcast today, uh, the myth about religion, the statement that contradicts uh, the worldly views, and the uh, perhaps that evidence that Jesus is God. If you would read Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 26, and read the next 10 verses, there you're going to find that the, the, what we would call the Lord's Supper being instituted. Uh, the Passover meal is what's going on there. And Jesus will talk about dying and shedding his blood for the forgiveness of sins for a new covenant. One one of these myths, one of these ideas, that all religions are the same. I am the way type idea. We are the only true religion. We are the only true denomination. Uh, you know, however you want to word it, there is a lot of that out there. And you know, we really hold here that we are simply just Christian. And if I would go back to the day of Pentecost, if there was some way for us to travel back witness what went on, and ask Peter, hey, what denomination is this? He would look at you uh, with a dumb look on his face and what do you mean? Because there is no such thing as that. And the denominational world is so divided. Uh, the truth has changed. I understand there's different ways of interpreting things and believing things. That doesn't make it right. What makes it right is obeying and listening what God really said. And that's why I'm really big on word studies uh, well, so many people try to read the Bible as yesterday's news, and it's not. It's today's news. It's for us today as well. Now, I'm sure all of us have heard people say at one time or another in our lives that all religions are the same. This sounds very nice, but I want to tell you that it is not true. 
I want to tell, we have Mormons that listen to this uh, podcast. We have Muslims who listen to the podcast. And I appreciate the fact that they do listen. But their, their religion teaches something different than the core basics of the New Testament teaching of the Bible. Are there some similarities? Uh, there could be. Uh, there's morality that are taught. You know, I think every religion of the world teaches it's wrong to take another human life, it's wrong to steal, and so on. But when you see these commercials for the, the Mormon church, they are really uh, very well put together. They have really nice groomed young men wearing nice white shirts and ties. And they're walking around or pedaling on their bicycles and they're going home to home. And one of the things that these guys will tell you if they come to the door, because they have come to my door and said this, that we are not equal in the standing of God. Uh, that they are actually better than I am as a Christian. And if you believe that, you're, you're going to start to have doubts about your faith. And the spiritual paths do not always lead to the same way. I can get in my, my vehicle or, or take a bus and go from one city to another. In many places in the country, you could take multiple roads and end up in the same place, but that's not true speaking spiritually. Uh, Judaism and Christianity, uh, many people think that's very similar. Well, uh, there might be some similar things, but in the, at the end, there is a big difference. And that big difference is who is the Messiah? Has he arrived or not? And you have to take that into account. I have a very good friend who's Jewish. Uh, I really enjoy our company with him and visiting with him. And we both agree uh, that this is uh, the elephant in the room would be, is Jesus the Messiah or not? And so when Jesus says, he is the way, he must mean there has to be different paths, right? I mean, after all, a loving God would not exclude people. He loves everybody and nobody goes to hell, according to our society and many teachings around the world, including on the Christian radio station. Well, if all religions are not the same, the difference has to be the big one is Jesus. And when you look at all the other religions, they, again, they claim that they can lead you to truth. But John chapter 10, verse 9, here is Jesus. He says, I am the truth. Some claim to be a door to heaven, but Jesus says, I am the door. Uh, Buddhism will lead you to enlightenment. That's one of the big things, that the words that they use. In John 9, 5, Jesus says, I am the light. Many religions are about you doing something to earn your salvation, to earn a favor from God. Uh, even Judaism has, you know, these rules that you follow. And I'm not against rules. But if you do all the right things, then you will be accepted by God. Unless God established that rule, if it's a man-made rule, it's in vain. And in the faith... Uh, in the Christian faith, I was, you know, I believe and read, if you sin, there is forgiveness of sins, and that forgiveness can only come through the shed blood of Jesus. Again, I, I have 
read these repeated statements that God bought uh, my forgiveness. He did. He purchased my soul with his death, with his blood. For the Muslim, uh, if he follows the five pillars of Islam, he might be accepted by his God. Uh, in Hindu, uh, he has to keep reliving his life over and over. He has to keep coming back until he finally gets what right. Uh, boy, life on earth is hard enough as it is. I certainly don't want to continue to have to come back and repeat things over and over and over again. Uh, it sounds like an, a worthless, endless, tiresome cycle. Kind of like that hamster on a wheel. You just never, ever uh, get to where you want to go. Jesus in himself is very unique because he does make the claim. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and he makes this uh, claim and he backs it up that he dies and he comes back from the grave. I mean, here is his friend in John chapter 11, Lazarus. Lazarus has been dead for three days. He's been in, in the grave for three days. Here is Jesus coming uh, into the fourth day. And there's probably lots of reasons why he waited three days. And one of those would be a Jewish uh, custom. I don't know if it still is today. I can ask and find out. But they believe that the soul hung around for three days after the death of that person. And once the soul left, there was no chance for that person to be revived, come back to life, or whatever. So perhaps uh, that's some of the reasons that Jesus wasted three days. And if you study this, his sister, right, when Jesus asked to roll away the stone, she says, oh, it, there's going to be a foul. His body's already decaying. Uh, don't do that. It, we don't want to smell that. We don't want to be around that. And so Jesus makes the point, the, the, the text makes the point, Lazarus is dead. And here comes a man, walks out of the grave three days later uh, because Jesus calls him out of that grave. And so... I mean, take this, take note of this, that Jesus claims that he is the only way to God. He is the only way to eternal life. All religions of the world are not the same. They can claim it all they want, uh, but that's just simply not true. Jesus makes Christianity uh, unique and exclusive within itself. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says, For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his footsteps. The Apostle Paul would write in Ephesians chapter 2, it's uh, around verse 18 here, For th through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So, can we say that all religions are the same? Can we try to make them fit together in this coexistent type harmony? But because of Jesus, if you really read the Bible, you really understand what the Bible is teaching in the New Testament, that is simply not possible. That does not mean that we hate those people. That does not mean we make war against those people. We need to, to teach them the gospel message. We need to live our life as an example of how Christians should live. That is the biggest hang-up I have had with studying with people from other religions. The first things usually that come out of their mouth is, 
is something along the lines when I was in, in uh, South Dakota. I studied with a Muslim for a while there. That Christians are not disciplined. They don't care. They don't follow the rules of the law. Uh, they live how they want to live. Uh, God owes me something. And so that, I, I get it. I understand why the man said what he said. So all religions, again, are not the same. And some will offer some wise sayings, perhaps. Uh, have some good proverbs. Uh, they offer themselves up. They make payments for their own sins. But Christianity, the New Testament, says that Jesus did that. And only Jesus' perfect sacrifice can solve the sin debt, period. So there's another myth that runs out there. It says, you have your truth, I have mine, and at the end of the day, I am the truth. Really, this myth kind of tied for the one that we just talked about. Uh, maybe you're the person that will buy into the fact that Jesus is the only way to God, but then you might say, well, that, that truth does not apply to them. I can only make that application to me. Truth is relative. Well, uh, many truths are valid, but our country has views on equal protection. That doesn't mean that they're all equal in validity. Uh, one plus two uh, equals three. And the new math, I don't know. But one plus one equals seven. Does that make it a fact? Uh, think about it. And there's a bumper sticker that says, God said it, I believe it, that's it. And it should read, God said it, and that's that. You know, people say, oh, I've shared the gospel with people who would, would tell me uh, that more or less it doesn't apply to them, or uh, I've even heard the entire Bible doesn't apply. No, the entire Bible does apply. There, there might be a couple exceptions of the, when they say the old law was nailed to the cross, that is the, the Levitical sacrificial system. It's still wrong in God's eyes to lie, steal, cheat, cuss, all those more applications are still sinful. If it was a sin in the day of Moses, the day of Abraham, it is a sin today. Again, uh, in the USA right now, uh, God bless you. You have the right to believe anything you want, but that does not make your belief valid. You can believe uh, that the year is uh, 10,001 and not 2022 or whatever, uh, but that doesn't make it real. Again, Jesus says he is the truth and that there is no other truth. Now, Christianity is not a philosophy. It is a reality. And Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. And again, he backed it up through all the fulfilled prophecies. He lived a sinless life and he demonstrates his power. Uh, the raising of the dead. He healed the sick. Uh, he raised more than one person. Actually, we had three recordings of him raising three different people. Uh, apparently, when he raises Lazarus uh, from the dead in John chapter 11, in the very next chapter, you read where the Jewish leaders are trying to figure out how to kill Lazarus because he is a testimony that Jesus raised the dead. And they were there. They saw it. They knew he'd been dead for three days. And they watched that man walk out of the grave. And that was an issue for them. And so, again, Jesus performed many, many miracles. 
he, he, he fed 5,000 people at one time. He really did live and walk on this earth. There are other historical documents that would back that out. Uh, the, the question always is, uh, in John chapter 18, verses 37 and 38, Pilate will ask Jesus this question, and the question still rings even today. It says, Therefore Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I come into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And notice what Pilate says here. What is truth? And when he heard and said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him. And so, uh, part of the mission of, of Jesus was to testify to the truth, uh, plain and simple. John chapter 8, starting in verse 31. So Jesus was saying to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciple. And if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Uh, we have a government leader in the United States who recently quoted that and threw it so out of context, it made me want to get sick. But Jesus equates his word with the truth that will make you free. He is talking spiritual freedom. He's not talking about not having to go to work, although we have more and more people who don't want to work. But Jesus is saying, again, I have the exclusive claim to be truth. There is no other truth concerning uh, God whatsoever other than me. And in other words, Jesus. So, there is no other truth. Believing in Jesus, uh, another myth is means that you're narrow-minded. And especially in the Western Hemisphere, this is becoming the, the, the doorway for more and more persecution toward Christianity. You narrow-minded, bigoted uh, Christians are causing troubles in our political system. Uh, you don't like what we do. You always cry a foul ball about everything we want to do. And we believe in Jesus, but in their reality, if they really, truly, honestly believed what Jesus taught, they would not be supporting so many sinful-type lifestyles and immorality, accepting buildings and cities being burned to the ground uh, for a idea, and versus uh, trying to stand up for people's rights, the unborn, the elderly, or abused, uh, neglecting people in just different ways. If you're saying that there's only one path, you must know what that really path is. That doesn't mean that you're narrowly minded. You're just simply trying to express truth. If you say the only answer to the equation, 1 plus 1 equals 2, then you can be accused and have been accused of being narrowly minded. Um, because the answer could be anything that you want to make it to be. Now, if this happened to be true with everything in our in our life what kind of a mess would this world be so to try to bring at this point if there are many ways to God and Jesus uh, is saying the only way is a narrow-minded intolerant way but since Jesus says he is the only way the truth and the lie and he then is claiming also uh, to be narrow-minded since 
everything that he else is? I mean, stop and think about that. As a Christian, I don't want to step there. I do not want to accuse uh, Jesus, my Savior, my judge, of being narrow-minded. He's very open. Uh, he wants everybody to come to repentance to know him. But he himself, as king, uh, we have trouble understanding this, especially in the in the Western world, the United States. Uh, kings cannot even break their own law. They have to live even within their own law. And you can get that idea throughout the Old Testament uh, as well. When kings, uh, oh, that's law, I can't break it. Uh, they have to enforce it, whether they like it or not. So if you stand on truth, you're not being narrow-minded by standing on that truth. If you stand on an opinion, you may or may not be uh, a true point, but you will not accept other opinions. Opinions that you uh, may or may not accept could make you narrow-minded. An opinion is not truth. Truth is truth. And so when Jesus says uh, he is the life, he is saying, he is the only way to eternal life. End of story. That's it. Uh, your ticket, uh, your way to heaven, it was bought and paid for. You can accept the gospel message. You can acknowledge who he is. Uh, you can be a faithful person. Study and read your Bible. Pray. Uh, be immersed. Let, let your light shine before men. I mean, I, I could go on and on. You have to be willing to stand on the truth of the Bible. I think in this article, if you would read it, I think a lot of people are afraid they're just going to offend somebody, and that's the problem too. We, we are told so much, you can't offend anybody. And I would never tell you to intentionally go out and, and offend people. But standing on truth, no matter what, no matter what time frame you live in, no matter what country you live in, when it comes to the gospel, some people are simply going to find it offensive. They did in the day of uh, the first century, and that has not changed to current day. And, you know, over half of our listening audience are from nations outside of the United States. Uh, Christianity in some of these places are not very popular, uh, may not even be legal may not have equal rights under the law if you are claiming to be Christian. And so, uh, but they're willing to stand up for the truth. And I think this is the point that some people, need, especially in the United States, need to start understanding in the church. This is not a social club. This is not a place to get together, have your big potluck meals, and have a good time, and watch movies, and eat popcorn. Uh, to be entertained. There's another link on our on our social media page about how long sermons should be. You know, I've been in congregations. If I spoke more than 15 minutes, people were getting upset. The chicken was burning at home. Uh, the restaurant was going to be full. They're going to have to wait a little longer to eat after church. Uh, it's so much negative. We are there to gather to worship a God, to study His Word, uh, sing songs, have the Lord's Supper, encourage one another in a spiritual way. I'm not saying potluck meals are bad. I'm not saying being able to get together and visit with our family, Christian family, is wrong. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is what is the purpose of the gathering? And if it's just mere entertainment, uh, you don't need to go to church for that.
you can find other things. And this is something as we've been missionaries in other countries, especially in Asia, the Philippines, uh, those folks, if all I gave was a 15-minute sermon, uh, they would skin me alive because many of those folks walked uh, through all kinds of weather, a long path to get there. Uh, they don't have public, well, they have public transportation. Maybe they can't afford it. And so uh, to go to church and only hear a 10, 15-minute sermonette, uh, sing a couple songs and go home and call it good, uh, no, they are not going to be happy. They want to hear, I'm a sinner. What must I do to be saved? How do I become a better person? What's my role in the church? I mean, they want to hear the message. Here, sadly, and I'm not saying every congregation is this way, but sadly most, they just simply want their ears tickled. And I get emails, actually on a fairly consistent basis, that... Where do we find a church that teaches uh, from in the beginning to the amen in Revelation? And boy, I'm telling you, that's hard. I, I, I know it. I understand. We we struggle with that in our area, finding a, a, a group of Christians that want to learn the entire Word of God from beginning to end. Not their favorite verse, not their favorite chapter, or their favorite topic. And they, they do that because it's safe ground. They know they're not going to offend anybody or any visitors. Uh, they don't have to worry about trying to figure out how to defend their faith. You don't have to worry about that. If you're in the Word, you're studying and praying, the more you study, the more you pray, the more you read your Bible, the easier it becomes to say, hey, look, this is what it says. And let me show you where it says. And that's why I really encourage you to always open a Bible and follow along. So, I know Christians are, again, labeled as narrow-minded bigots that cause lots of troubles, uh, but that's not true. Uh, we're not out to cause a bunch of troubles. In fact, Christianity in, in whole is a very peaceful religion. We just really want to have the love of Christ, and we want peace in our lives just like everybody else, obviously. And so... Uh, you don't have to accept the truth that Christ is who he claims to be. That's your right. In fact, the New Testament makes that clear. Uh, God does not want anybody to be coerced, forced, guilt trips. Uh, I've seen a lot of that over the years, too, trying to get people either to be baptized or come to church. Uh, the Spirit of God, if you're living the correct life, you're teaching uh, people can see the love that you have for Christ. That is the that's the salt of the earth. That's what makes people thirsty. They want what you have spiritually speaking, and you don't have to be a bully about it. Just stand up for what's right. And so, I've kind of rambled on a little longer than I normally do. Uh, this article again, it's very interesting. Uh, I would encourage you to read it. It's only uh, like three four minute. A long uh, article and so again I want to thank you for listening make sure you hit that like button and follow us on our social media accounts uh, we appreciate all the positive feedback that we get we get quite a bit and we just feel really honored and blessed to be able to do this uh, 
I know uh, we don't have lots of whistles and bells in the podcast, but that's not our purpose. Our purpose is simply just trying to convey a message that is encouraging, enlightening, edifying, uh, that you would want to go read your Bible more, study more, and perhaps encourage you uh, to find a group. Many people are now meeting in homes in our area, and that doesn't surprise me either. So maybe there's a church house somewhere, somebody has services uh, in their uh, home. Just make sure that they're really reading from the Bible, and they're not bringing in outside opinions of whoever, that they're just really trying to study the Word. So, again, thank you for listening. May God bless you, and may He have the glory.